live from the House of LeMay Makeup and Dressing Room. Here comes Amber. Stop what you're doing. Here comes Amber. She's just doing what she can. Here comes Amber. Cue the spotlight. Here comes Amber with two drinks in her hand. The matriarch of fashion. You can't look away Ask her does she do it really nothing to it She's got that fun on her game If you have a party Or if you're feeling naughty Call up the house of the maid Hello, and welcome to the Amber Live interviews. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live. We want to remind you to subscribe to us both here and at youtube.com slash amberlive. You don't want to miss a moment of Amber LeMay, the Larry King of drag queens. There's so much more to the show than just the interviews that Amber does each week. We have hundreds of interviews, comedy sketches, songs, and more on YouTube that you can watch anytime. But... In the meantime, you can listen to the amazing interviews right here. Now enjoy this episode of Amber Live Interviews. Two weeks ago, we told you about PolCon, the International Pole Dancers Convention, and how they have decided not to hold their 2024 event in Florida as previously planned. They blamed the state's recent shift to hard right politics and saying they couldn't guarantee the safety of their attendees. They're not the only ones. This week, the National Society of Black Engineers 50th Conference would have brought up to 15,000 visitors to the Orange County Convention Center. But they're going elsewhere. The Con of Thrones, which typically draws three to 4,000 fans of the Game of Thrones, books, and television shows, also announced this week it was pulling the plug on a gathering plan for this August at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando. And the American Education Research Association, which typically draws up to 15,000 people to its conference, decided to hold its 2025 annual meeting in Denver instead of Orlando. Hmm. Now, I wanted to get firsthand information about this, so we've invited Colleen Jolly of Polcon to talk to us. Colleen, come on in. Hi. Hi, Colleen. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to us tonight. Fascinating subject. All right. Tell us about Polcon. What what goes on at Polcon? Sure. So Polcon is the uh, the original, the first ever pole convention style event. So it's an opportunity for us to celebrate all of the different aspects of pole dancing. Uh, everyone who pole dances for fun, for fitness, or even for their career. And how many people usually attend? We've been growing every year, and just this past year, we exceeded 1,300 people. So hoping to keep that going. <laughs> yes, yes. So you were scheduled to be in Orlando next year, mm -hmm. is that right? Yep, 2024, we were looking for a spot, and Orlando was, uh, was, was, was the spot. <laughs> right, of course, lots of people go there. All right, so what changed your mind? Uh, all of the laws. <laughs> down in, in in florida it's uh you know every time you turn around there's a new law in florida that's you know looking to discriminate against uh well certainly trans folks uh are, are high on their list so it was not going to be a good place for us to to bring 1300 very diverse 
folks to have a very inclusive event. Were you getting uh, worried messages from your members? No, they were not aware of any of this. We keep our forward-looking plans and search uh, secret because we want folks to come to the current year. <laughs> so no one knew that I was uh, on a mission to find our 2024 event. I decided to publish a, an article on our blog explaining how these, you know, quote fingers, drag bands hurt pole dancers too in a very clickbaity way to hopefully get the cisgendered straight folks to start paying attention to laws that they maybe didn't realize how it could affect them because, you know, we only pay attention to stuff that we think affects us. But it affects everyone, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. We've got a clip of your last convention. Let's watch that. We had our resident zebras here. Vertigo Joes killed it. I'm Serena, and this is my first Polcon. Hi, my name is Neith, my first Polcon. I'm Sue Lola, this was my first Polcon, and I absolutely loved all the new friends that I got to meet while I'm here. It's First Polcon, and I'm really excited about all the representation and the different types of people because we're non-binary up in here, y'all. We met so many amazing people, all of the great dancers, and we had an elevator singing with Ross the Diva. Hey guys, it's Bentley Rebel here. I have been coming to Polcon since 2017, and it's been non-stop greatness. Pocon is such an amazing place for us to all be. It's a great community, amazing performers, all by Colleen. Let's give it up for her. Hi folks, Colleen Jolly here. We had a lot of lovely zebra gang folks visiting us here. Shout out to our studio sponsor, Vertical Joe, for providing us a lot of volunteers. Thank you everyone so much for coming. Thank you to all of my other amazing sponsors. Check out our YouTube channel for the amazing live stream that we did. And make sure to get on our newsletter and follow all those socials for information on where we're heading next year. Thank you so much. That was in Atlanta. I've been to a conventions in Atlanta. That's a fun town. Oh, super fun town. We've been twice to Atlanta, and it's it's always a great time. Where's your convention this year? Uh, this year, we were in the D.C. metro area, just outside of Baltimore, in an area called Arundel Mills. Um, mm -hmm. Really great venue, and that a lot of people really, really had a great time. So what are some of the workshops that you have there at the convention? We have uh, quite a mix. We divide them into pole and non-pole. So pole workshops might be teaching people how to do movement around the pole. They might be teaching people how to do acrobatic uh, tricks or movements up the pole. And then non-pole workshops could include anything from things like learning handstands, learning how to chair dance, learning how to uh, do different conditioning or mobility exercises. It's really uh, quite a variety of things that we have at the convention. 
Now you said some people use it, you know, definitely professionally, you know, there's pole dancers in, um, in different clubs, but also in circuses and things. That's great. Uh, but some do it for fun. Mm -hmm. And some of you said for therapeutic reasons, tell me about that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, therapeutic in terms of uh, physical, there are some people who have overcome chronic or acute injuries by, you know, using pole dance as their method of a form of physical therapy. And then mentally, we find that pole can be a really great way for folks to build their confidence, to find some some sort of uh, inner bravery in the studio that then can translate maybe into other parts of their life. So it's it can be really great for mental health and of course, the community, you know, finding like-minded folks who are just generally very supportive of, of each other. And, you know, that can give you the confidence to really do just about anything. How did you get started pole dancing? Uh, on a complete lark. A, a friend of mine said, you know, hey, do you want to try this? And I said, I don't know, maybe. And we, <laughs> we went and she did okay. And I was miserable. I couldn't hold on to the pole. I had no grip strength. I just you know, but we stayed and we watched the the next group, which was the intermediate class. And I saw these people doing all this, all these crazy upside down moves. And I, I asked, I'm like, well, how long did it take you to do this? Like, were you a gymnast as a kid? And we said, oh, you know, a couple months. So I looked at my friend and I said, a couple months, I got a couple months. And uh, long story short, I stuck with it, wound up performing, competing. I've traveled the world to teach pole dancing. I've written a book. I read a convention. I read all this stuff. My friend stopped, uh, <laughs> but I just couldn't, couldn't stop. I couldn't stop pulling. How old were you when you first started? I was 30, I think, when I first started. Yes, that would make sense. I'm 41 now. So, so 30, 29, 29, 29. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, So this has become a full-time occupation for you? Yes, yes. I am full-time pole dancing. Mm -hmm. What were you doing before? I was part owner in a visual communications company. We supported the uh, government contractors in the DC metro area. So it was a bit of a shift. Some, some, of, <laughs> some of my clients, when, when I first, you know, kind of quote unquote, like came out and said I was a pole dancer, uh, some actually refused to work with me, okay. some, uh, but a lot of them actually got over it. And I've, I've actually had some former clients come to my classes and, uh, so, you know, in, in find some, some enjoyment in the fitness or the fun or what have you. So that's been a, that's, it's been a very interesting circle <laughs> on that. Front. What are, what are some of the stereotypes people think of when they hear pole dancing? I mean, of course, folks, whether they've ever been to a strip club or not immediately think of strippers, uh, and they're not wrong. You know, we, we think of it as like a Venn diagram, right? Is that strippers and sex workers kind of exist in one diagram and pole dancers e exist in another. And, and sometimes there's overlap. Because you can certainly have strippers that don't maybe do pole tricks uh, that you might maybe think of more like a Cirque du Soleil type, you know, acrobatic trick, whereas you might see some, you know, more lap dance in a strip club. Sometimes you see that in a, in a pole studio for, for hobbyists. So it's, um, you know, it's just a mix. And in our puritanical society, there's a lot of negative connotation towards sex work. So immediately people look at things and say, oh, how could you do that? I'm like, well, have you tried? It's, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> we, we've got another clip of you dancing. Let's watch that.
how much of that is choreographed or is it just spontaneous? I, I, it's a silly, silly question. Of course, it's choreographed. But uh, how long does it take you to choreograph a number like that? Uh, it depends. That particular clip was for a competition. So some competitions have really specific rules in terms of which movements you must include to be scored. Um, and they have details about, you know, what is the full look of the movement, the shape, you know, so if like a split should be flat, you shouldn't be up at an angle. Um, other, you know, if you're just performing for fun, maybe there's not as many rules, so you can just go and do things. So, uh, so it depends, I guess, is the, is the answer. Competitions, I'll spend a couple months prepping for, but a performance, you know, I might just like put on some music and dance. <laughs> um, portable poles. Uh, what if I wanted to put a pole in my basement here? Are there such things as a portable pole? Absolutely. So there's one behind me. Um, and if you okay. can see, <laughs> see, there's a, a dome at the top uh, and that's a tension based pole. So most poles that you're going to get in your home are tension at the top, tension at the bottom. So you don't destroy your ceilings. Um, you can also get what's called a, a stage pole, which is what we have at, at PoleCon. We bring in a whole bunch of poles to a hotel ballroom. And as you can imagine, they don't want us attaching things to their ceiling. So these are poles that uh, have a very wide and very heavy steel base and then a pole sticking out of it. So they can be a little bit wobbly, um, but they get the job done. So you've got some options. Very good. And you've written a book. Uh, tell us, tell me about your book. I did. I wrote a book, Mobility for Pole. I had a very serious motorcycle accident uh, in college and uh, my a, a truck hit me, my leg shattered. They told me I'd never walk again. I'd never dance again. You know, all, all those things. And uh, I'm pretty stubborn. So I said, you know, I'll show you. And uh, over, over the years, I had to figure out how to walk again. And then I found pole dancing and I had to figure out how to do all of these crazy movements because I, I didn't grow up as a gymnast or a dancer or anything. So my, the journey that I went on, I wound up writing it down and wanted to share it. I share it regularly with my students. I teach regular classes, virtual and in person. And, um, you know, I said, I, I don't want folks to have to go through all of the learning experience that I had to let me give them some shortcuts. So mobility for pole was born. When did you write that? Uh, it just came out last year. And who, who's your audience for that? So certainly, you know, pole dancers with the, you know, big pole on the, the cover. And I, I kind of went back and forth because the, a lot of the information I'm sharing is fairly general mobility that's good for, for anyone. I decided to focus on the pole market since that those are the folks that I know the most. That's who, you know, I'm working with both in my, you know, kind of personal business and then also with PoleCon. And I run an association for the pole industry, uh, a trade association as well. So I said, you know, let's focus on pole. There's not a lot of books that focus on, on pole dancers and just really, you know, dig deep and, and help these folks. Well, it's fascinating that uh, you've turned a, a simple class into a career and <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's good, good inspiration. If you're doing what you like, you're not working, I guess. That's, uh... <laughs> I mean, you're still working. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like working much. Yes, yes. It's a lot more fun. And I've certainly met a lot of great people and I've, you know, pole dancing has taken me to some uh, very unexpected places. I've, traveled to Kuwait last year to teach pole dancing, which I didn't see that one coming, you know, that was, so 
but I did. It was fascinating. Who were your learners? Kuwaitis, the local, you know, folks, um, all female. There's a very strict divide in terms of social situations between men and women in their culture. And so all of my students were, uh, were female and, you know, it was, it was amazing. They were hungry to learn. They, you know, they found me on social media and yeah, it was, it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I never thought that pole dancing could take me to Kuwait or anywhere else in this world, <laughs> but it, but it has. <laughs> Tell me some of your other uh, international travels. Uh, I've been to the UK for pole dancing. Um, I'm, uh, <laughs> I did not grow up with any sort of, you know, movement or like I was the book kid with the big glasses and the, and uh, so I went to the UK for a photo shoot and I thought that was, you know, like, oh la la, like, oh, you're, and I'm still tickled when I see this pole company, I see all their marketing and I'm like, it's me. So uh, that was fun. <laughs> uh, and I've traveled around the state for, for pole teaching workshops and things. And my, my prior career, I did a lot of international travel and international business, but I, I did not expect you know, to repeat that with, with pole. Have you been asked to do something and you said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that? Um. I'm trying to think. No, not yet. I, I try to. I'm sure I'm sure I'm going to get an email now. Like <laughs> um, I, I try to take as many opportunities as possible because I don't know, you know, how long people are going to want to see me in a tiny pair of hot pants, you know. So I'm interested in taking whatever opportunities to to get my, my name out there, uh, to perform, to teach and and just to to see what things, you know, in terms of Polcon what things I can integrate into the event. You know, people will bring up things all, all the time of like, well, what if we do this at the event? What if we do that at the event? So I, I try to approach everything with a, you know, a win-win mentality of like, how can we all benefit? How can we cooperate and move forward? So, so, so far I've not heard, gotten any like weird or offensive, I guess, requests. <laughs> do you see pole dancing possibly being an Olympic sport or activity? There's a huge contingent. So, I mean, the pole community, we're like this, you know, this big, uh, and we're we're very fractured. There's lots of different kind of segments and ways to take pole, and so there there is a contingent that wants to see pole in the Olympics, and they are they have federations all over the world, and they have very specific you know ways that you have competitions, and uh, they have you know anti doping like all that stuff that you would think of comes with an official sport, and they are the folks that are really pushing for uh, youth athletes. So that's um, yeah. I, I don't see any difference between um, gymnastics or the the flag dancing or mm -hmm. something of that nature. Why this wouldn't be included in in that genre of activity? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. It's you know, and, and different people kind of have different opinions. Where on the one hand, it's great because if it would be in the Olympics, more people might be interested in pole. And it, it again, it runs kind of the gamut of you know, you've got youth athletes, you've got athletes in their sixties and seventies who are competing in these federations and, and are, you know, doing amazing and amazing shape, um, loving life. Uh, then there are people that worry if pole went into the Olympics, it would lose or maybe bury some of the history of pole coming from strip clubs and that it would be, you know, kind of quote unquote whitewashed and that we would lose that connection. So in terms of, you know, my personal beliefs is I think there's room for everybody. I think it's an, and you can, you can pull in the club, you can pull on a, in the Olympics, you can pull wherever you want, you know, in your own backyard. Uh, but some other folks have more strict, like, no, we should only be one way or the other. You, you commented on the history. So do you believe the history did start in strip clubs of pole dancing? 
Yeah, like most things with uh, with poll, we have a lot of opinions. <laughs> we're um, we're we're <laughs> we're kind of a we're kind of a group of cats, and if you've ever tried to herd cats, that's mm. that's sort of like poll dancers. Um, so there's been a lot of research done about some of the original poll movements coming from the burlesque, and that mm-hmm. burlesque performers would actually use the center pole in a tent to start to dance on, and that 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 is you know an origin mm-hmm. of you know, the, the pole dancing that we do with a chrome pole. Now, kind of separately, there's some pole that was done in China, and there's also a version of pole dancing, which a, a much thicker pole uh, in India that was a, a sport done for, for men. So there's, there's kind of different origin stories of pole around the world. But the one that most commonly is done for fun, for fitness, is the one that, that came from the chrome pole that started in the burlesque, and then moved into clubs in, in Canada and in the U.S. in the, you know, I think kind of 70s, 80s, 90s became the real heyday of, of strip clubs. And, you know, that's when they were releasing a lot of DVDs of, you know, uh, like Carmen Electra's like Polar Side or what have you and things that came out. So got to have a gimmick. Yeah. Hey, why not? You know, see it going you know we talked about the olympics but do you see anything else happening with the the poll you know the when the pandemic hit uh obviously for live events it was you know it sucked so we uh i was worried that the poll industry that we would kind of suffer irreparable damage because studios had to close strip clubs had to close you know how are we going to keep this going and what has actually happened was so many people bought a poll during the pandemic and started to teach themselves at home. So there is this huge crop of people that started during the pandemic. And that's been really fascinating to see. And they're, they're continuing to grow the industry. So where I was worried we would all kind of die out, I think the opposite is happening is more people are coming in, they're bringing their uniqueness to this, you know, little apparatus and taking it in so many different ways you see poll on, you know, TV, movies, um, you know, major tours. It was it was at the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah. So I, I think we're just going to see poll more and more places, but more conflicting, which I think is hard for the public to see. Is like, how can you kind of square a kid in the Olympics and then J-Lo at the Super Bowl and then your stripper at your favorite club? Like, how do you square all this? And, and I'm like, you don't have to. Just enjoy what you like. So. Very good. Have you heard anything from Florida since you canceled your convention? Have they reached out? The um, well, certainly the hotel was very upfront because we had yeah. had discussions about things, and you know they were afraid of losing their liquor license, which you know I I understand because um, we have youth folks and people who don't dress you know according to their gender assigned at birth, and I refuse to change the event. That you know, so the hotel was very uh, you know as polite as they could be. Uh, the we've had some Orlando news stations and reporters reach out to us to ask for comment. Um, so and, and some Floridians have reached out and said that in the poll community who said this sucks and we understand. And that's unfortunate. Um, most folks, as I've been telling people about how how these you know drag bands impact folks who maybe didn't originally think they were impacted. Yeah. Most folks are starting to, I think, understand and maybe get educated, but some people are still sending me ideas of like, oh, you could go here for next year. I'm like, that's not the point of me talking about this stuff. Like the, the point is that you should pay attention to what laws are happening in your state. So 
I'm just hoping that we keep increasing awareness, but you know, will DeSantos reach out to me? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Well, thank you for speaking out and taking action because that's what it's going to take. You know, I've told some drag queens, you know, we have to get off the stage and into the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you're doing a, a very good actionable um, job right there. So thank you very much, Colleen. It's been a pleasure talking <laughs> to you. And keep going on that poll. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amber Live Interviews. Remember to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single minute of the fun. And remember, it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast by using our Venmo at RJD Pro or by visiting us at AmberLive.tv and clicking on the Support Amber Live button. Thank you.